Welcome to Taxes in 10. My name is Leon Dukowitz, tax practice lead for Citroen Cooperman of the International Tax Services Group. Uh, with me today is Paul Daly. We're going to be talking about some year-end planning topics. And going forward, we're going to be doing this on a monthly basis. So stay tuned and welcome to our new series, International Tax Services. I'd like to welcome Paul. How are you doing today, Paul? Good. Thank you, Leon. Great to be on. Thank you for joining. And Paul, as we, we kind of look towards year end, uh, 2021 coming to a close, now with a little bit of time left, what, we should, what should we be thinking about as companies are, are you know, looking for planning ideas you know, for that last minute idea? And particularly, you know, what's your thoughts regarding guilty and as we come to, to come to year end? Thank you, Leon. Again, appreciate the opportunity. You know, when we look, when I look at, um, guilty in our controlled foreign corporations, it's important to note that they are really a regular corporation in terms of guilty, meaning that when you calculate guilty, you're really looking at taxable income. And so a lot of the principles that apply in terms of determining taxable income for domestic will also apply in terms of determining taxable income for a CFC with guilty. So we look quite honestly, at tax planning ideas that we apply to domestic corporations as well. I mean, we look at various ways of trying to minimize um, and reduce taxable income. And you, know, you also have like in terms of salaries, people you know, should realize that if you're going on accrual basis, you need to um, pay salaries, accrued salaries within 75 days after year end. So many of the principles, again, that are prevalent in terms of computing tax income for domestic, same planning ideas apply in terms of a CFC with guilty. So Paul, a couple of things, if you don't mind, what's a CFC in basic terms for, for, for the layman out there? Understood. I mean, a controlled foreign corporation is where you have U.S. shareholders owning at least 50% by vote or value. And a U.S. shareholder is one that owns at least 10%. So if you have U.S. shareholders owning 50% by vote and value, you do not have a CFC and you don't have a guilty issue. If, however, that goes over the 50%, then you do have a CFC with all of the reporting requirements, including guilty. Thank you. And the same line of thinking, you know, refresh if you will, the thought process on guilty, because it's such a misnomer, right? You know, global, global low taxable intangible income. Why, why do I care about this if I don't, you know, if I have bricks and mortar and I own an operating company, why would I be thinking about this? What's, what's relevant here? That's so well said, because I remember in 2017 that we saw intangible, people said, well, if we don't have intellectual property, as you're saying, Leon, why should we be concerned? But that is totally a misnomer. Um, what they look at is they look at really all income, all taxable income in excess of a normal return of capital, routine return of capital. And how they look at that is they say, look at your tangible assets used in the trade of business of the CFC, take 10% of that number. That's what we'll give you. And then any taxable income in excess of that is deemed intangible income subject to guilty. And it's quite honestly, we've discussed it before, Leon, like 
tantamount to worldwide taxation, where we do have controlled foreign corporations, foreign corporations with no U.S. trade or business activities now being subject to U.S. tax, but at the U.S. shareholder level. So there's no there's no more uh, proverbial offshore and sheltering, and that's kind of really going away in, in 2017, and this really closed it up. Uh, so true. And, you know, you still hear the cocktail talk that, you know, people hear about, let's set up in offshore corporations. A lot of times it didn't work before, but it certainly doesn't work now after the concept of guilty. So so what else should companies be thinking about, you know, coming towards year end? I mean, there's a lot of lot of pieces here. I mean, is there ways to mitigate guilty? Thank you, Leon. Yes, there are. I mean, one thing I said before, it's you have your rate of return, your routine return, and that's based on what's called QBI, qualified business assets. And so if you have fixed assets using the trade of business, you would take 10% of the adjusted basis of that, and that would reduce your guilty income, 10% of that. So, I mean, a lot of times we're telling our taxpayers, you know what, put in, place, if you're looking into place and service fixed assets next year, place it in service this year. It's based on a quarterly basis, but to the extent that you have assets that you place in business, you then build up your 10%, if you may, routine um, return, and that reduces your guilty income. Because again, guilty income is only the excess of taxable income over 10% of your QBI. So what happens if I pay tax in a jurisdiction? You know, for example, you know, several countries, you know, England, for example, you might be paying 17 or 19% tax. Is this on top of that or how, how does that work? Again, a great question. You know, we have what's called the high tax exception. That's one way, meaning that you do not have to pick up guilty. If the foreign jurisdiction tax rate, as you just said, is at least 90% of the corporate rate in the U.S., that comes out to 18.9. So if you're having more than that, if you have at least 19% tax rate in the foreign jurisdiction, then this guilty does not apply. And you could elect, you have to make an election not to pick it up, but it's only based on that one CFC where the corporate tax rate in the foreign jurisdiction is at least 19%. But again, you raise a good point, but let's say if it's 15%, does that tax go away? And you know that's where we get, if it's a corporate shareholder, you can use it. If it's not a corporate shareholder, we then get into the um, determination of whether to make what's called a section 962 election, which you would allow a US individual to be taxed as a corporation just for this purpose and to utilize 80% of the foreign tax credits, which otherwise would be wasted. So it's enough to make your head spin. You know, <laughs> the compliance that came in and, and everybody, you know, complained that they got taxed in 2017, you know, with the transition tax. Then we went into this whole world of guilty. You know, there's no end in sight. You know, the compliance nightmare that this has created for us has been a, it's been a driving factor and force and, you know, really pushing a one-size-fits-all set of rules, right? That, you know, you're a small business that goes overseas, you're, you're stuck in the same rules as IBM. 
That's so true. And you know, Leon, we talk about, we look at all the proposed legislation. I mean, I get the sense guilty is going to be changing in certain forms, but I think guilty is here to stay. I think that concept that what I'm seeing, and we talk a lot about legislation, um, is around to stay. Yeah, I would, I would think you're right, especially when we're, we're, we're looking at a global potential minimum tax of 15% being pushed exactly. by our government out there and also looking at, you know, what's going to be the wave of the future to continue to bring tax dollars into the U.S. So greatly appreciate your time today, Paul. Appreciate Thank you. you. Pleasure to be on. Yeah. For, you know, Taxes in 10, International Tax Services uh, monthly update here. Appreciate it again on behalf of Paul Daly, Leon Dukwitz, uh, Citroen Cooperman. Thank you for joining us today.